Let's have fun. Three, two, one. Welcome everybody back to the Build Different Podcast. This is episode 12 of Gold Rush. As always, I'm your host, Thomas Saxby, here with my co-host, Bill the Thrill Hollering. <laughs> that, that sounds right. <laughs> Bill the Thrill, uh, the leader of Bill's block, as you guys know him. Um, and we're here. Uh, we're venturing through this off season, starting to quiet down a bit, just a, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, but still some fun, right? Uh, so take us through the episode, Bill. What are we about? What are we about to cover? Sounds good. So uh, we are going to continue our journey around the NFL. We're going to take a look at the off season moves of uh, four teams that had some success last year, as well as uh, six that did not find as much success. We're going to hit the Bills, the Cowboys, the Jags, the Giants. Uh, the teams that got eliminated in the divisional round. Then we're going to take a look at right at the top of the draft. Uh, we're actually going to start breaking down where we think some of the chips are going to fall on draft day. Uh, we're going to take a look at the off seasons for the Panthers, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Lions, the Seahawks. Uh, and we'll wrap the episode with that. But in between, uh, we'll make sure we take you around some of the latest moves, the latest news around the NFL uh, particularly regarding some quarterbacks. Uh, we'll get you the latest and the greatest on one Aaron Rodgers. We'll take a look at Lamar Jackson and, and where he might land now. Uh, we'll take a look at what's going on with Mac Jones all of a sudden. And uh, then we'll, of course, close it out with some of Tom's famous bullshit. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So Let's get right into it. Uh, so we're we're gonna be talking about the the Buffalo Bills first and foremost. Um, you know they had a crushing end to to the year. You know going into last year they were probably the most hyped NFL team in a little bit. Everyone was like you know Josh Allen MVP, Bills Super Bowl favorite, yada 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 what have you. They actually you know they had the tragedy with Demar Hamlin happen, kind of threw them way off their game. They came in the playoffs. They forgot how to play football. They almost lose to Chip Skylark, um, and then they end up losing badly to to Joe Shiesty and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, where do they go from here? I mean, we got some rumors about Stephon Diggs not being happy. I, well, I, I'm not even gonna say rumors. We got facts that Stephon Diggs is not happy. Um, a defense that that could use a little bit more. What do you What do you think, Bill? Yeah. So just to get us up to speed in terms of what's going on so far. Uh, you've got a team that has now lost Tremaine Edmonds and Roger Saffold. Key piece in the linebacking core, key piece of that offensive line are both gone. Uh, outside of that, also lost, really, they're starting running back in Devin Singletary, who has had some success there in recent years. Uh, started off with a real quiet little bust of a career at the beginning and then did make a name for himself there. Lost Isaiah McKenzie, who played a role last year. You can't understate that. Uh, they do have Khalil Shakir, which I like, who will basically fill that void. But still, Isaiah McKenzie was some productivity that they're letting walk away. They lost Case Keenum as well. Uh, not as important, but still, uh, that's veteran presence for a team with some young talent. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of steadiness in that quarterback room where Josh Allen is a lot of things, but study might not be one of them. I, I don't know if losing Case Keenum can be really overlooked either. Uh, but they did add some pieces. Uh, so added Connor McGovern, Deontay Hardy, Trent Shurfield from the Dolphins, added Damian Harris from the Patriots, and added 
guard David Edwards. So the view is McGovern will start where Saffold exits. They did reside in Jordan Poyer, which didn't look like it was going to happen. It really looked like Poyer wanted to be in Miami, but did end up back in Buffalo. Uh, signed, re-signed punter Sam Martin, linebacker Tyler Matakevich, safety Cameron Lewis, and lineman David Questenberry. So overall, absolutely lost some talent here. Uh, they are not as talented on paper as they were going into last year. But they do currently at least still have their core. They have Josh Allen. That's really all you need in their mind. <laughs> but they're keeping <laughs> Stefan Diggs too, who that he's the reason that Josh Allen took such a step forward. As long as you're maintaining those two, they feel like the offense is just going to be okay. Uh, James Cook, another year under his belt. I think that will be a huge step forward for him. I think the offense is going to be okay. But uh, defensively, losing Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of that defense, that's tough. And meanwhile, the division continues to get better around them. Dolphins have taken a bit of a step forward. Adding Jalen Ramsey particularly is not going to make Josh Allen any more successful against the Dolphins as long as they stay healthy. The Jets all of a sudden can contend in a shootout if they do in fact sign Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk plenty of that in a little bit. I don't think they're the Super Bowl favorite this year. I, I can say that pretty confidently. In fact, I don't know if they're going to be the division favorite this year. So it, it's tough for me to say that the outlook is getting better for them. I feel that the NFL might have figured out Josh Allen a little bit this year. What do you think on that piece? Um, You know, when it, when it comes to the Buffalo Bills, they've obviously they lost a lot. I think the biggest thing is they they got to keep Stephon Diggs. Like, I yeah. mean, so he's unhappy. I you know I understand that, but Buffalo they're gonna keep him as they rightfully should, and they gotta find a way to make that guy happy because if he leaves, you're looking at a pretty, in my opinion, horrible team. Um, that's that is a a lot to basically say about Stephon Diggs and what he adds to this team. Um, so as they stand right now, uh, are they division the division favorite? No. I mean, because that Jets team is looking crazy if you get anything out of Aaron Rodgers because they got nothing out of Zach Wilson and they still, you know, they, they did their thing for most of the year. Um, but then they're going to have Aaron Rodgers who can probably seal the deal for them and at least get them to the playoffs. And then the Dolphins, they're, they're spicy, they're good. And if two is healthy, they're going to, they showed what they can do last year. So the Bills, they're not my favorite for the division. I still I still do have a lot of belief in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They're a very good dynamic duo. Um, but Josh Allen, he kind of he, – he underwhelmed tremendously last year at the end. Um, he was an MVP favorite for a lot of the year. Um, and then he just smacked right hard into a mountain and kind of just declined from there. So – uh, the Bills, it's just going to be something that you, you just have to wait and see because um, the the way it's looking going into the season, I'm not really too confident. But at the same time, you know, I still think they can get some things done. 100%. So quick update on the odds. Uh, as of 10 o'clock p.m. on April 6th, we have the Bills as the division favorite in Vegas. They're at plus 135, Jets at plus 250. Dolphins plus 360 right now. So 
nobody is a lock by any means. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's going to be one of the the better division races to watch. I don't imagine this being like the AFC West where we expect three good teams and all of a sudden have just one out of this group. (sighs) Can't see that happening. Uh, So I I do think this is going to be a race that uh, we're going to be talking about come week 14, 15, 16 of the upcoming season. So I definitely look forward to that. You're right, Diggs adds an element of this offense that without him is completely missing. And if they don't have to respect him, and he's a guy that you don't just have to respect over the top, you have to respect underneath and across the field. He's a guy that really can do it all. He's one of the few receivers in the NFL that really can play anywhere on the field and is a major threat every single time he runs a route. So – they can't. They they can't lose him. They have to keep him happy. They're not doing it very well right now. But, you know, it's – I think winning more games has a very good chance of keeping a smile on his face. Uh, any other thoughts overall on the Bills? I mean, one, one good thing to point out is that they're going to get a healthy Von Miller, most likely. I think he was missing tremendously. I'm not saying him playing would have like prevented everything going wrong for Buffalo, uh, but at the same time, he's a leader on the field. We saw that very, very heavily in Los Angeles. Um, he was a very big catalyst as to why they won the Super Bowl. Not the whole reason, but he was a leader out there on the field, which that was definitely missing from Buffalo. I think yeah. you know getting him back. I, I think Buffalo will be in better shape. I still don't know what they're doing, um, you know, in total on defense. But we'll have to wait and see after the draft and everything wraps up what they're actually going to walk into the season with. Um, but not really gonna. I'm not really gonna sit here and count out the Bills. I can't. I want to jump yeah. through a table. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard to count them out. You you can never count them out. And frankly, when it comes down to at the end of the day, they have a good quarterback and a good coach. And if you have those two things in the NFL then you have a chance and yeah. it all takes. And I think by I next have... year, Josh Allen will have seen enough tape. Well, I'm hoping that he's, he'll see enough tape and know how to start, you know, managing how he reacts under pressure. Uh, because that, that's literally the one thing that's holding them back. Ultimately it's either a collapse on defense or Josh Allen just being wild as shit under pressure because he just can't handle it. Yeah. I think if he can handle it, I think they're I think they're solid no matter what. Yeah, I don't think he's a that's in, Yeah, I don't think that's in his skill set is to handle pressure. I think that's <laughs> that is the downfall of not just Josh yeah. Allen with the Bills is when the pressure gets too great, it does not turn to diamonds here. It's collapses yeah. the tunnel. So I don't like that them to get the job done really with this current team. I think it's going to take something pretty remarkable to come along and and be added. But like you said, it could, that remarkable piece could be Von Miller. If you have him healthy, uh, then they certainly do have a chance, but we will see. Uh, They don't have much cap. They don't have much draft capital. Uh, They have their picks, but you know, they're much later uh, considering success they had. So it's not a team that is going to remarkably improve from here in all likelihood uh, without a little luck in the draft. But uh, on to our next squad, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Tom loves when I call them that. So uh, Cowboys <laughs> this year, 
Uh, they have one of my favorite signings of all free agency, really, in Brandon Cooks. Uh, they also signed Stephon Gilmore, also signed Ronald Jones. So at skill positions, corner, wide receiver, and running back, I think it's hard to say Ronald Jones is an upgrade over Zeke, but it is good depth behind Pollard. I like Jones' style. I think he will finally get some usage where he didn't really last year at all in Kansas City and didn't get as much usage as he sh- probably should have in Tampa previously. They also added tackle Chuma Idoga, one of the best names in football. Uh, lost Zeke, lost all the show. <laughs> Lost Connor McGovern, lost Noah Brown, and Anthony Brown, lost linebacker Luke Gifford. Uh, really spent a lot of their free agency money on keeping Tony Pollard, Leighton Vander Esch, and uh, they also re signed Dante Fowler, Cooper Rush, CJ Goodwin. So I think this is a very solid offseason for the Cowboys. I think it's got to hurt Cowboy Nation to lose Zeke. Not gone, gone yet. He hasn't signed anywhere else. I'm not ruling out a reunion. But uh, what do you think about the moves for the Cowboys? Um, overall, uh, it it really doesn't matter what they do. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're gonna find a way to lose. I mean, we we've seen them have a really good wide receiver room before, and them you know Dak not be able to get the ball into his receivers' hands when it matters most. Um, so I, I think a lot of this just again falls on to what Dak Prescott we're going to get in the season and if it's going to be the same old shit or it's going to be, you know, he actually turns it on, you know, when he needs to. But I like Brandon Cooks. It's a solid addition. Like I said before, they've had this tremendous wide receiver room before and still failed to, to succeed. Um, I think losing Zeke hurts because... You know, Zeke, he's not the same Zeke that he was in the past, obviously, of course. But that tandem that he had with Tony Pollard was just outstanding. It it separated the Cowboys from a lot of teams. I mean, I was even sitting up here saying that they could upset the 49ers with the team that they had. Um, But, you know, I I don't think Ronald Jones is anything close to Zeke, like you said. I don't think he fills that hole. Um, So, I... Zeke's going to have to come back for me to really believe in this Cowboys team to put them you know, I mean obviously they're going to be a top team regardless in the in the NFL uh, but to put them in championship contending status I think losing that running back duo doesn't doesn't really help them like it's going to hurt yeah. them cuz yeah Yeah I I agree with that now that you say it like that it it is tough to envision just Pollard carrying that team to the promised land. It's not as tough if you think of a running back room that has Zeke, Rojo, and Pollard. I could see that. And you're right. They've had plenty of talent in that wide receiver room before. Uh, But, you know, Lamb is certainly growing into himself. Cooks is a very established veteran. Really, if you look at the, the list of... Uh, wide receivers that have done over a thousand yards for six consecutive seasons. It's not a very long list and and cooks is on that list. I believe there's only like seven or eight guys that have done it for as many seasons consecutively as cooks has. And he's done it with like at least three different teams. It's crazy what cooks can do with just awful, awful quarterback play. So the guy can really perform and he, I'm excited to see, if Dak can take a step forward, stay healthy as well. That's something Dak hasn't done. 
I think this Cowboy team is limited by two things. I think it's Dak's health and Mike McCarthy. Outside of that, sky's the limit. But Mike McCarthy is the actual limit. So (laughs) I think on defense, the piece – so as much as I love that Brandon Cooks move, it's one of my favorites across all the NFL, but it might not even be the most impactful on this team. Getting Stephon Gilmore now allows Trayvon Diggs to not have to cover the best receivers on each team. Not at least, at least not all the time. It, Stephon Gilmore spelling him will <laughs> allow yeah. Trayvon Diggs to not have to cover them on the obvious deep passes. And that's where he gets burnt. Is It's always on the obvious ones. When you know a team's going to go long, you know Trayvon Diggs is going to get burnt. And now that you great point with leadership as well. Maybe Gilmore can just mentor that part out of Trayvon's game. But I, I think that that secondary is not going to be nearly as vulnerable by having a second corner in the first place, but also by not having digs on the number one guy or at least yeah. the deep guy. So I think they got a lot better on paper, but the limits are still there. So we'll see. I, any closing thoughts on the Cowboys? No, not at all. I mean, Don't they're just not America's about. team. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's your closing <laughs> thought. That, that's a solid closing thought. So on to the Jaguars. Uh, so they signed really just one new player, Dearness Johnson. I think it's a great signing. Dearness Johnson absolutely won me some money in fantasy football last year. Uh, particularly on daily fantasy play. When he got the rock, he was a monster with it. Outside of that, what they did do was they franchise tagged Evan Engram. Uh, They re-signed Andrew Wingard, CJ Beathard, Roy Robertson, Trey Herndon. Nothing too crazy there. They did lose some talent. They lost Marvin Jones, who's reuniting with the Lions. They lost Aaron Key. Tackled Juwan Taylor. They lost Shaquille Griffin. They lost Chris Manhurts at tight end. But another key component here that we can't overlook is they signed, they traded for Calvin Ridley in the middle of the year last year, and he didn't get to play a snap for them. Calvin Ridley coming back, that offense might be bonkers. If Lawrence continues his pattern of growth like he did really late last year when he started coming on, add Calvin Ridley to that mix and through what he wrote in, I believe it was the player's tribune. Calvin Ridley sounds ready to rock. Did you read what Calvin Ridley wrote in there? I mean, between that player's tribune article and some of the stuff he's been saying to the media and some of the stuff that he said on Twitter, I'm 110% in belief that he's ready to rock and he's going to have a huge year. Yeah. It's he's, he's ready. I've he's, He's been contained for so long. I mean, it's probably one of those – he just cannot wait to get on a football field again. Uh, but I, I believe it, dude. He's, he's going to be a force. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the Jaguars last year outperformed expectations. It's year one under Peterson. They knew that they'd be better than they were under Urban Meyer. I don't think they believed in themselves to the level that they ended up – they definitely didn't at the beginning of the year to the level that they ended up leaving themselves toward the end of the year. 
we see the world of difference that confidence can make when a quarterback has confidence versus when he doesn't. And you saw it in Trevor Lawrence, just as you saw it in Tua. And it's a crazy difference. But the other thing that gives a quarterback confidence is having elite talent on the field with him. Calvin Ridley is that elite talent. This team is a playoff team last year. They're in a division that's ripe for the taking. And I don't really see the Titans in competition anytime soon for that. Uh, I think it's going to take a little while for the Colts. I don't know. I don't really see them having a whole lot of competition here. So what's the ceiling for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags next year? The ceiling will be Trevor Lawrence. And that's honestly a good thing for Jacksonville. He learned, he learned a lot in the playoffs, but at the same time, what we also saw in the playoffs is he's, he has the tendency. I don't want to really compare him too much to Josh Allen, but he's, he's kind of getting those real wild tendencies where he can, He'll either be, you know, it, it's all going to depend on how he's feeling when he wakes up that day. If he's feeling like a wild man and he wants to throw, you know, two, three interceptions, you know, it, it can help or hurt you. Um, it helped them for whatever reason against the Chargers because they made that huge, <laughs> amazing comeback. But when it comes to the Jaguars, their offense is outstanding. I think the biggest thing for them is because, like you said, their division is not the best. It's theirs for the taking. Um, they are going to have to just get to the playoffs healthy because if healthy, you know, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence who after coming off that year, he should be, we should see that growth. He is going to be a top quarterback in the league. Um, and he's going to be surrounded by Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. And again, they're going to get Calvin Ridley. So it's going to be amazing with all that on top of Evan Ingram, the running back uh, tandem with ETN, Hasty and Johnson is going to be, you know, spicy. Their their whole offense is great. Um, the their defense, you know, their whatever's gonna come into the season is whatever gonna is gonna come into the season. Couple losses that you had mentioned, I, I don't know really too much of what to expect of their defense, but I know their offense is gonna be one of the best offenses in the entire playoffs if they can get there healthy. Um, Calvin Ridley adds so much to that. It's like you said, the comfortability factor with Trevor Lawrence knowing he has all these weapons on the field. But then also the spacing on the field for not only Calvin Ridley, but someone like Christian Kirk, who in my opinion still had a really good year uh, last year. So that it's going to be nasty. It's going to be nuts. I love yeah. it. Yeah, Should, definitely going to be exciting to watch. Um, but I don't think that's a division race that anybody's going to really have their eyes on. So uh, <laughs> on to the next team, another one of your favorites to talk about, the New oh, York God. football <laughs> Giants. So – the Giants this year. Uh, so again, this is another situation where they really surprised a lot of people by making the playoffs last year. Brian Dable really came out of the gates firing. Uh, so he's an awesome guy to watch coach. Uh, but they really made a splash this offseason. There's a lot of names here. Uh, so they trade for tight end Darren Waller. They signed Paris Campbell. Uh, D-tackle Rakeem Nunez Ro- Rochez. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's okay. He's probably not listening. Uh, linebacker Bobby Okariki, Jeff Smith, <laughs> wide receiver, Jamison Crowder, wide receiver as well. A corner Bobby McCain, corner Amari Oruwarie, tight end Tommy Sweeney. 
Also re-signed, obviously, big Daniel Jones signing and franchising Saquon Barkley. Uh, they're bringing Matt Breida back. They're bringing Slayton back. They're bringing Sterling Shepard back. Their punter, uh, linebacker Jared Davis, and edge Jihad Ward. Key losses, uh, they're losing Kenny Galladay. The Kenny Galladay experiment is comes to a close. Sadly. Um, you know, he... You know, you were only one catch behind Kenny Galladay on the season last year, Tom. So, I uh, wish you got paid one catch less than Kenny Galladay for it. But, uh, yeah, Kenny Galladay experiment did not work out too well. Uh, they also lost center Nick Gates, safety Jordan Love, and center John Feliciano. Uh, so, overall, a lot of names coming in, not many going out. Uh, a lot of names sticking around as well. So, uh, the Giants if these are the guys that they were really after, it's hard to say they've had anything but a successful off season. This is a team that was supremely under talented last year. So we can talk all we want about how great it is that they kept the little bit of talent that they had with Daniel Jones and Saquon. And by all means, they added some good guys. They added Darren Waller, who we don't know if he's really thrilled about that. If he's not happy to be in New York, then that might not work as well as they want it to. But Darren Waller is a very talented player. There's some other talent in that list. But in my opinion, they are still way behind the ball in terms of talent. What do you think of the Giants offseason so far? I, I, I agree with you. I like that they added you know a little bit onto what they have. I think their offseason has been solid, but... In terms of actually taking the next step, I think they needed to do more. Um, Because, I mean, they're still coming into the season, and I really would not put them ahead of Dallas or Philly. I mean, that's just where I stand on that. They did not, they they had a solid offseason, but I don't know if anyone could really sit there with a straight face and say that they're above Dallas or Philly. And that's just what it is. And yeah, if you're going to go into the playoffs third out of that list, um, you know, you got to consider some other teams like the 49ers, for example, you know, I, I, it's just not, and then the, the contract that they gave Daniel Jones, I, I would have almost given a contract to Barkley and then franchise tag Daniel Jones, because what more do you need to see out of Barkley? Um, you know, he, he finally showed like, finally they got to a point where he could show what he can do in playoff scenarios. So that was amazing. Daniel Jones, yeah, he had a good game against Minnesota, but who didn't have a good game against against Minnesota? <laughs> and at the same time, it's like, Daniel Jones, you guys are really, you know, you're going to sit here and say he was the one that was really worthy over Barkley to get the huge contract. Um, and then the other, because we knew one was going to get a contract and one was going to get tagged. There was no way the Giants were going right. to let both of these guys, any one of these guys hit free agency. Um, I just don't think it was the, the right choice. We'll see. Um, but you know, it, it's, I don't know. It was a little foolish to me. Yeah. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think it was the right choice just based on the dollar amounts associated with both. Saquon was really looking for pretty much the amount he's getting paid on the franchise tag on an annual basis. You don't need to extend him a running back. The running back position in the NFL is not the most sought after. It's not the one that's getting paid the big bucks because it's it's tough to say it's not as important. But if you look at the team that won it all, who'd they win it with at running back? 
a like six round rookie and Clyde Edwards Alaire basically just fresh off the IR. I don't know. You can't tell me that the running back is the most important piece right now, unless you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, maybe, uh, which he might only be the most important part of that offense because the rest of it was so bad and there was just no talent at wide receiver. So the Giants, to me, they needed to make a bigger splash at, at pass catcher than just Darren Waller. I like Daniel Bellinger as well. I could see some two tight end sets. I like that they brought Slayton and Shepard back. I think consistency is good for Daniel Jones, considering he was able to make something out of nothing with those guys. But I don't think they're the answer. I don't think this offense is really going to be able to improve a ton more with what they've done. But in only spending $30 million a year, and I say only, like that's not a ridiculous amount of money, but still... <laughs> paying less than what you would have paid for any other top quarterback and giving Daniel Jones some time to either become a top quarterback or at least you know you have a mediocre one. And frankly, I think that's what Daniel Jones has proven here, that given the right system, he can at least be decent. And as the 49ers showed, you can be good with a decent quarterback. You don't need the great, absolute greatness of Patrick Mahomes. You can win with decent. So I think this allows them to really build the team in any number of ways that they want around Daniel Jones. They should be able to get all the talent they need around him. I don't, it's not there yet. It's just not. So I think maybe this is a longer term play for the Giants. And. I don't think they're ahead of either Philly or Dallas either. I totally agree on that piece. But I I really think they're closer to finishing in fourth than they are finishing in first. I almost guarantee that they're at least in third. But I could see the commanders jumping over them before I could see them jumping over the Eagles. So we'll see how the division shakes out. I think this will be a fun division to watch for a number of reasons, but I don't think it's because the giants or the commanders are giving the Eagles a run for their money. I think it might be the Cowboys, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I mean, like for me, I just, I don't know. I get call me a Daniel Jones hater. It just is what it is. I just can't see him being the one to, to get a trophy back to New York. I mean, I mean, not a lot of people saw yeah. Eli Manning as a quarterback that could, that could do it, but <laughs> you know, he did it twice. But <laughs> moving yep. on to the quarterback carousel. Speaking of good quarterbacks, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers. The situation has still gone nowhere. Uh, so why don't you give us a, a little report uh, that that has been reported, and let's let's dig right in on some Aaron Rodgers talk. There is this report now, all of a sudden, as the Jets are still celebrating that they got him. The 49ers have entered the fray and are apparently seriously taking a look at making a big offer to try and steal Aaron Rodgers out from what is believed to be the Jets' hands. So I like this move. I think it makes a lot of sense for the 49ers. If true, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers to the Niners? Um, Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers is something that the 49ers should definitely should have already done. 
Um, I think it, it's it's a no-brainer uh, because when you look again, you look at this team. Why why are you going in with a question mark at quarterback? Why? I mean, last year it was it was a little more defined. You know, you had Trey Lance and then Jimmy Garoppolo and then Brock Purdy and then. No one could have predicted that both Trey Lance and Jimmy G were going to be out for the year and that Brock Purdy was going to be the one charging them into the playoffs. Um, but this year, it's actually a huge question mark because you got Brock Purdy coming off of um, a tough UCL injury that you know sometimes destroys baseball careers. And then you have Trey Lance, who's coming off of a major injury that kept him out all of last year. And then you have Sam Darnold, who... You don't know what to what to really expect from Sam Darnold. Yes, he's going to be around weapons for the first time in his career, but it's he's bouncing around for a reason. But you know, when when it comes to these three, it's just one big question mark at the end of the day. It's Trey Lance's job to lose one day, and then it's Brock Purdy's job to lose another day. Sam Darnold has a chance to start another day. There's just so many reports coming out of that. But when when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. I, w- I would do it. Put Aaron, put an aged Aaron Rodgers around the best team. That would instantly be the best team in the league. And the reason why I feel that way is because you got a veteran quarterback who can still, even if he doesn't, you know, channel an MVP Aaron Rodgers, he, with those weapons, it's still going to be enough to get the job done. And for the 49ers not to even look at Lamar Jackson, um, I just, I, I don't really... If I I don't think it's gonna get done because I think it's it's set in stone. He's going to the Jets. I mean, it would be very silly for either the Jets or the Packers to ruin this. Um, but you know, it it would the 49ers should. That's all I gotta say. And it makes me mad every time I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, this is a lose lose for me. I don't like the Niners and I don't like the Jets. So. <laughs> I don't see him going anywhere but one of these two teams, but either way, I'm not thrilled about it. But uh, here's the way I think it does shake out. I think the 49ers make this serious offer and make the Packers to at least second guess this thing and make sure that they are, in fact, getting the right deal from the Jets. And I think this ends up forcing the Jets just to outbid the, the 49ers. So that's the part I do like is they're going somebody is going to overpay like hell for one year of Aaron Rodgers and I wouldn't be shocked if Aaron Rodgers ends up going back into his little cave before a season even ends so I don't know how long this is going to last it's probably going to be a one year thing and especially with New York media if he ends up in New York it might not even be a full year thing so we'll see I, I'm very intrigued by this. Um, I think a one-year deal. We're, we're really, I, I'm really guessing that we're only getting one more year, Aaron Rodgers. But one year with the right team, I feel like we can get two. Maybe two. Maybe two. It, it really depends on how things shake out and how he's received where in whatever market he lands in. In New York, if the media beats him up, which I anticipate they will then I don't know. I don't know how that goes. I don't know if he's going to want to subject himself to a second year of that. He's a guy that in theory drowns it out, right? And doesn't care and and tells Adam Schefter to go kick rocks. It it gets to him, whether he says it does or not. I was going to say, you could tell, like, he wasn't this guy that took shrooms and was just, you know, disgruntled publicly and just, you know, he's let himself go in a way, it feels like. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and whereas if he's in San Francisco and they get close and, you know, it's going to be a call that they blame on the refs or whatever, when they lose to the Eagles or the Cowboys or whatever in the playoffs. Yeah. I could see him coming back for a, a revenge season in year two in San Fran, but I, I don't know either way on a short term deal. I think it makes all the sense in the world for a team that's in such win now mode in San Francisco compared to the jets who have so many young pieces. I can't see why they're really putting all their eggs in that basket no. when they could be putting them into Lamar Jackson basket for yeah. probably about the same price. Yeah, And so, you know, when it, when it comes to Lamar, you know, if you're the 49ers with all these question marks, you're a team that can get away with getting aggressive in this Lamar Jackson situation, making an offer if it doesn't work out, whatever, you know, you got these three quarterbacks still, which at the end of the day, you know, Brock Purdy worked. Um, I still yeah. believe Trey Lance can work if he had his legs under him on the football field. And who knows, maybe Sam Darnold just fucking lights it up once when he gets the chance. <laughs> but regardless, they, I when it comes to Lamar Jackson, um, I think this whole situation is very shitty um, because the Ravens are just still poking at him in the media. He still has no teams really coming at him with an aggressive offer. Um, he, he's stuck and, and it's awful to watch in my opinion. How do you feel about it? Yeah. It, so just to quickly touch base on the 49ers, Lamar situation, I don't think that could happen from a cap standpoint. They just have too much talent. They have to pay now and will have to pay down the road. They, if they sign Lamar to the deal that Lamar wants, which is the only way they sign Lamar it it doesn't allow them to be the 49ers that they are. So they're so supremely talented everywhere else. They need a middle-of-the-road quarterback. They can't go for a Lamar. But I say middle-of-the-road and then say they should really chase Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think, needs the highest contract. He's expensive right now, but you could get creative to, to make it happen if they really wanted to get Aaron Rodgers in there. It's going to take a lot of creativity. It's probably going to take some guys taking pay cuts. But you telling me that Debo wouldn't be willing to trim $2 million off to have Aaron right. Rodgers throw him in the ball instead of Sam Darnold? You don't think Debo's going to make those $2 million back based on the stats he puts up with Aaron Rodgers compared to what he's going to do with Sam Darnold? So I think it's going to take some creativity, but I'd say you have to try that if you're the Niners. Back to and Lamar. It- it would be beautiful. It, I mean, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers and San Fran, it would just be beautiful. Reason why I say that is because you're not talking about the the weapons that he. <laughs> I love that that term, the weapons that he had in Green Bay. Um, whether he had the weapons or didn't have the weapons, whatever yeah. the case may be, because um, you know you hear him complain about the weapons, but then you hear him also want the same weapons. Yeah. I don't fucking know. But when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, it would be undeniable at this point in San Fran. I think he'd be protected with a fantastic o-line he'd have the great weapons around him he'd have the defense that would keep him in every single game so he can do his little bullshit comebacks if he needs to or a little bullshit bad man aaron Rodgers moments but i i think if i'm the 49ers i'm not just you know putting out a smoke screen i'm actually seeing what the packers would want to destroy this shit with the jets and i would be rooting for it because i love watching the jets be miserable j-e-t-s but back to lamar jackson the situation sucks. I mean, I, I don't have yeah. too much of an opinion other than that just because 
you know, the Ravens, they've kind of sacrificed their whole offseason for this Lamar shit. So I really think that they're going to end up, uh, you know, like we said, you know, behind the little peephole, like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? You know, just just yep. some little, you know, one of them's going to show up at the other's house with flowers. They're going to make something happen because if not, both Lamar's probably, there's a good chance he's without a team, which sucks. Um, until maybe mid-season or whatever the case may be. I don't know what they have to do with that um, tag that they have on them. Or two, you know, the the Ravens, they sacrificed their whole offseason. So it's not a good situation for anybody. Yeah, so the, here's the thing. They have the rights to him currently. After a certain date, it, it I believe it locks in where the the two first rounds aren't go, aren't applicable anymore. They don't have an offer sheet that can be submitted that they get to match. I think there's a date at which that language expires, and then he's just under contract for the thirty million or whatever it is. But that's a ways away, and I don't think it's going to last that long. In the meantime, they could trade him for whatever the offer is. And in order to do the offer sheet that could be matched, that doesn't have to be accepted by the Ravens. That could be if, let's say, the commanders just decide, let's go ahead and pay Lamar whatever the hell he wants. Let's give him $350 million fully guaranteed over the course of seven years. <laughs> do it. Then they have to give up two first rounders. The Ravens don't have anything to say about it. They're going to get those two first rounders and it is what it is. So here's the thing. If you let's take a look at the Colts now, instead the Colts actually have a decent team outside of the quarterback position. Right. And if they also hold the fourth pick in the draft, if they were to pick on May, end of April, they pick their whoever with the fourth pick overall. Let's say it's not a quarterback. Let's say they get Jalen Carter. They have a defensive tackle now. Then on May 1st, they trade, they they submit that offer sheet to try to get Lamar Jackson. Then they would be looking at giving the next two years first round picks instead. So the, the teams that need quarterbacks right now we're primarily looking at just a few teams. We're looking at the Panthers, the Texans, the Colts, and I'd say mm, those are the main ones. Maybe throw in Titans, I don't know, Seahawks eventually, but they don't need it bad enough. They've got Geno Smith currently. There's there's you know, one team that I love. Like there's there's a what's that? There's one team that I love, and I'm going to throw it out there. It's been a little bit of a rumor lately. We don't, you know, the typical way of how things go with this franchise, you know, that this wouldn't be the quarterback that they normally get. Um, and we're going to end up talking about the quarterback that they that they currently have in a moment. I, I like New England. Let me pause you. Let me pause you because I we got to talk about New England. That's the team that I think could make it happen a lot sooner. But that would yes. be a full-blown trade. Just to wrap up the offer sheet talk, let's say it is the Texans that want Lamar Jackson. They have the number two pick in the draft right now. They can do whatever the hell they want with his number two pick. And if they sign Lamar Jackson, you better believe you're not going to be the second worst team in the NFL anymore. So if they wait and do this on May 1st, they put that offer sheet in on May 1st, then they'd be giving up the next two years picks instead of the number two overall. So if you're a quarterback needy team, that that means you sucked last year. 
If you're a quarterback needing a team that gets Lamar, you don't anticipate sucking next year. Otherwise, you're not paying him all that money. So I fully believe that no one's interested right now because it only gets better for them after the draft. The only thing you risk is a team swooping in and trading for him sooner like the New England Patriots. Take it away. Yeah. Um, I mean, the last thing that I'll say about that um, real quick is that I really love uh, what you just said about the Texans. I would, I, I know they most likely won't, but I would love if they would go and get Lamar Jackson. Like everything is fresh yeah. in Houston. Their fans are excited again. D'Amico Ryans is there. Like everything just feels like it would be right if you just insert Lamar Jackson in there. Breath of fresh air, new situation. You know, second pick in the draft, like you said, retained that they can use to do whatever. They can trade for a better team, whatever that they would want to do. Um, I, I actually really, really love Lamar to Houston if, for whatever reason, that was to be a thing. Most it likely not. But it just, right. right. It, it yeah, feels that, like, that's it like, happen. <laughs> I've, like, I might have to get mad in now and run this scenario because it just, it, it, it'd be heartwarming <laughs> if that happened. But, uh, Either which way, um, you know, onto the Patriots, all of a sudden, you know, Bill, well, not all of a sudden, they've kind of been beefing for a little bit. Bill Belichick, Mac Jones, haven't really seen eye to eye the whole time he's been there. Um, he's shown flashes of that he can be a top, not a top quarterback in the league, but at least an above average quarterback in the league. But the Patriots are shopping him. My question would be, if this isn't for Lamar, what the hell are the Patriots going to do? If they don't have Mac Jones, are they going to go get Matt Ryan? I, I don't know, but I don't like, I feel like this is going to be a lead into Lamar Jackson to the Patriots. I'm sorry. I'm a full believer. I love it. I want to see it. It would be so different from what, you know, the Patriots normally do. They don't normally go after the big flashy quarterback. Um, they normally, you know, they just had Tom Brady and then, you know, they had a whole bunch of other shit. I mean, I know they had Cam Newton. Uh, but they weren't really expected to do much the year that they had Cam Newton. This would be Lamar fucking Jackson at the top of his game, coming yeah. in working working under Bill Belichick. You're telling me Bill Belichick wouldn't be able to protect Lamar Jackson's legs, and he wouldn't be running smart plays for him and preserving him for a whole year? I would fucking love that shit. That shit right there would be some good shit, and the the AFC East would become the best division to watch in the entire league. I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm here for it too. I that division would is already nuts. I can't even imagine if he ends up on the Patriots, man. That would be ridiculous. But uh you know, I I think that's brings to question like what the hell do the Ravens do if they lose Lamar Jackson? Right. They're not in a position to draft a quarterback. They're not <laughs> nearly in position to draft one of the top 4. So all of a sudden you look at veterans that are available and this defense is so damn good that maybe it is something that can be saved by like a Matt Ryan. I don't think so, but maybe. So (laughs) if instead you trade for Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones on the Ravens is not a bad play. If you look at that wide receiver room for the Ravens, it is one of the least talented in the NFL. The only one that I think contends with it for least talented is the Patriots. So uh, 
I love me some Devontae Parker, don't get me wrong, but I think his prime is behind him, well behind him. Jacoby Myers was not it. <laughs> and outside of that, there are barely any other guys I can name on that team. But Bill so, Belichick will always make a wide receiver room in New England work for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't since Tom Brady left. I think it's more Tom Brady will make a wide receiver room work. Okay, I Bill agree. Belichick. So, I don't know, man. I think if you insert Mac Jones into that Ravens team, they're back at it. And like not it. at the full Lamar Jackson level, don't get me wrong, but Lamar didn't have that level of defense that they built by the end of last year at any point in his time there. It's not even close. The Ravens very well might have the best defense in the league next year. And it's going to be a damn shame if they waste it by having Tyler Huntley starting quarterback for the whole year. That's yeah. really all I have to say about it. it. It is crap that this drags on as long as it is. It leaves a lot of uncertainty for the Ravens, leaves a lot of uncertainty for Lamar. And frankly, it's not allowing whatever team he lands with to prepare properly either. I don't think anybody's winning in this. The, yeah, this is this is going to – at the end of the day, this this sucks if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan because you're watching your franchise literally kind of stab itself in the chest. Because one, as much as I want to sit here and say the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are going to work it out even if they work it out, things are not going to be peachy. Lamar doesn't like Baltimore, and Baltimore is showing they don't like fucking Lamar. This this whole relationship got really super sour, all because Lamar wanted to be paid what he deserves. Um, and at the end of the day, you know that the Ravens you're squandering an opp- opportunity because you saw what your defense did with fucking Huntley running the the lead on the offense. You guys almost beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Almost the team that just decimated the Bills the next week. That could have been you guys. And you're you're not gonna be able to run this this team back and even make the playoffs. I'm sorry, you're not. Unless Huntley just woke up and got so crushed by that playoff loss that now he's he's here to be a good quarterback. No, it's not gonna happen. I don't know what they're doing and I like I like Mac Jones. I feel like if they were to get Mac Jones that would be cool, but will they? I don't know. I don't know what they're actually going to do. And the only thing I can see possible that keeps them in contention is keeping Lamar Jackson. But even if they do, it's going to be awkward. There's going to be a lot of tension. It's not going to be what either side wants. And, yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, So, on to uh, some more journey around the NFL. Uh, We will take a look at the top of the draft now. And in order to really take a look at that, in order to look at look ahead as to where they might be, we have to take a little bit of a gander at the quarterbacks that are available. We're primarily down to four quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round in all likelihood. Will Levis, all of a sudden, they're saying he might fall out of the first. I don't think that's happening. I don't even know if he's locked out of like the top two spots. So, really, just to break down the the four quarterbacks, we're looking at C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Originally, it was between just Will Levis and Bryce Young. Then C.J. Stroud enters the mix. Then Anthony Richardson enters the mix. And now it could literally go into any order for those four quarterbacks, in my opinion. If you were to pick one of those quarterbacks, Tom, who are you going with? Um, I might shock everybody. I'm going with Bryce Young. Um, listen, 
you know, winning a Heisman, love it. He's had he's had a little bit of success in the college playoffs, a little bit. Uh, I I don't I don't believe too much in any of these guys, so that's why I'm kind of I'm I'm coming into this with an open mind. Out of the four, I love Bryce Young the most. I I think he'd be perfect for the Panthers in my opinion. Um, because C.J. Stroud, I believe, is a little bit more of a project that I think should go to Houston. I think you I think the perfect fit is Bryce Young to the Panthers, C.J. Stroud to the Texans, Will Levis. I mean, I think he's going to end up on the Colts, number four. I don't think the Cardinals are even going to go quarterback because, like we said earlier, they're most likely looking to tank because what are they really going to do if they pick up a quarterback this year? I say see how Kyler Murray comes back, if he's going to be Kyler Murray again, which I don't even know what that means anymore. Um, but I think they're going to go you know, defense, start rebuilding that, um, while they're, they're probably going to have a really horrible team uh, this year. Uh, I think Will Levis falls to the Colts. I mean, I think the Colts, they're going to have to do something unless they just go get Matt Ryan again. He's literally him. They're definitely not going to get Carson Wentz. Most likely not going to get Matt Ryan. So who do you really have after that? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the next best option after that is Teddy Bridgewater or like Joe Flacco. So I, it would be tough to, to see the Colts not get a quarterback. I think it's Will Levis. See See what happens with that. You know, hats off. You guys aren't going to really accomplish much this year anyway. And then Richardson, I don't see him going top six because after that, the Lions don't need um, a quarterback and neither do the Seahawks. So, I mean, I don't don't think this is the year that they'll put someone behind Geno Smith. I really genuinely think Seattle thinks they got something there. They gave him the money. Um, I I think they're going to see how this Geno Smith thing pans out. Unlike Bill, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think Geno Smith, he's he's in a really good culture. He has a really good team around him. I think this is what we're going to see for at least one more year. Um, and then I think they'll draft someone next year to put put behind him. I don't think they'll waste this top six pick on a quarterback. So I just to dive right into the Geno Smith piece, I've seen Geno Smith look pretty good for the Jets before and then come back, like, Not get this robbed good. in the jaw in the offseason. Not this good. And- yeah, this good. it's. I don't know. I don't know. He obviously didn't have as much team success as he did with the Seahawks here in yeah. one year, but it, as he did in in the Jets. So it, it's it's tough. I I want to see Geno Smith succeed. I I, I believe it. I believe I I believe this Geno Smith shit was real. I'm not saying he's gonna light it up for the whole three years of his contract, but at least this year, I mean, he's shown. I don't think it's a fluke season. Like it's hard to put up those numbers on a fluke season. Really hard. Really, yeah. really, really hard. And for yeah. him to suck for like nine years and then come back and be this good, I think he's genuinely grinded to this point. The culture is amazing there. They all believe him. They're all pushing him up. The team around him is nice. DK Metcalf's gonna be better. Um, I depending on what they do in the draft, I, I still like this team. I like the Seahawks. Yeah, I I don't. I think losing Rashad Penny is going to hurt. I think Ken Walker is going to be a monster at running back if he can stay healthy, but the Seahawks haven't had a running back stay healthy throughout the whole season for as long as I can remember, not since yeah, Marshall. I was going to say, Penny hasn't been healthy at any point in his career, it feels like. Yeah, so did but they that's really have him? Is that much of a loss? 
that, that's why you need multiple running backs. So I, I don't know. I, I think there's a number of holes on that team. I don't think Chino's going to be able to continue to operate at the level he did last year. But, you know, if Lockett and Metcalf stay healthy, Geno stays healthy, that might be all you need for, for those guys to perform. But I think Richardson is a great fit right there. I think he's a perfect fit for that team. I think he's got an absolute cannon of an arm that could work very well with long ball Lockett and DK Metcalf, who's a monster across. Like he's just such a physical specimen and he's so fast can beat you downfield or can just go up and get it. I can't wait till he does play with like a, like a full elite quarterback. I can't wait. Yeah. And, and, I think eventually it's possible Richardson could be that guy. And with a number six pick, it's not the riskiest in the world. If you blow a number six pick on a quarterback, it's like, eh, we tried. And if you, if you blow a number one pick on a quarterback, it's like you could have had any one of these guys and you messed it up. You're a terrible <laughs> franchise. You should be brought back out behind the shed and put down, <laughs> move the franchise somewhere else. <laughs> but the number six is fine. The Jets. It's fine. <laughs> <The Jets>. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's number two pick, right? So, like that wins that with Zach Wilson so, <clears throat> and Sam Darnold as well. Yeah, we can continue to crap on the Jets all we want. Uh, it's very easy to do, but. Uh, with number six, I think it's perfect place to take a risk like that. And, and I think Richardson has a very real chance of being the best quarterback that comes out of this draft. I just don't love quarterbacks that come out of Ohio State, so I can't really get behind C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young looks solid, but both him and Will Levis had about a 65% completion rate. That's typically not going to cut it. I don't. I just don't love that. That, that doesn't inspire me. And, you know, he didn't do a whole lot on the ground either. So it's Will Levis actually outproduced him on the ground. So I don't, I don't know. I just don't see a ton of upside from these guys, given it's possible, right? We've all been shocked before. Russell Wilson ends up being one of the best quarterbacks of that draft. And we didn't, nobody saw that coming either. So We'll see what this class does, but I think there's a good chance Richardson ends up being the guy from the class, but he's not ready in year one. He's just not. He's not even close yet. So, frankly, maybe he's not ready in year two. So that Geno contract suddenly looks like a genius move to be exactly three years because you get Richardson learning behind a now very seasoned veteran who sucked and had to build himself up. And that means he had to work on his skill set and he knows better than anybody how to do that. Why not let somebody sit behind him, grow behind him. And then in year three, start in front of him. And you know, if he's not going to be ready in year three, pull him and put Gino back in. Cause if he's not ready in year three, he probably won't be ready until year 11. Like Gino is. So with that said, I like him there. I uh, up at the head of the draft, just to kind of recap, like you did, uh, the Panthers obviously have to pick somebody. I think they are going to go with Stroud, uh, but which would leave Bryce young to the Texans. In my opinion, Cardinals, I don't know what they're doing. It's a brand new GM, brand new head coach could go any direction, but I think it is tough not to at least see what you have in Kyler. The statement you said, will Kyler be able to get back to being Kyler? 
I don't know if back to being Kyler is necessarily a good thing Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know what that looks like. (laughs) Yeah, and I really don't know if it's a good thing. So uh, will he be back to being Kyler? Yeah, he'll probably lose every double experience weekend on Call of Duty that there is next year as well. Uh, But we'll see on Kyler. The Colts, I do think they take a quarterback. It's just whether or not um, it's whether or not Richardson's there for me. If Richardson, if Richardson, if they want him, he could go there, and then Levis falls, and then all of a sudden, I don't think the Seahawks. And I apologize, they're five number five pick. I've been saying number six pick. Still not the worst to end up missing on a quarterback at five compared to if it was in the top two picks, but still they don't want to miss on a top five pick either. So I think they'll go. I I like Will Anderson. If Richardson's gone for the Seahawks, I'm with you. I mean, you go and you, you, you go and you put the best. I mean, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do. Maybe the Cardinals get fucking Will Anderson. The Cardinals are a big wild card to this whole draft, which I love. Uh, But the Seahawks, if they get fifth, I mean, I wouldn't even be opposed if they went crazy and got Bijan Robinson or Bijan Robinson, excuse me, because I I feel like it's like you said. I mean, one of their holes would be running back, and that would be he'd be a spooky addition to their offense. I still like the Seahawks getting Will Anderson, but – Either which way, the Lions are sitting pretty because whoever falls to them is just going to fall to them. And Bajon Robinson would be another another great addition to Detroit as well. Yeah, uh, so Williams. I mean, they got yeah. David Montgomery, but still, I, I think it's tough. It's, it's tough to spend that high of a pick on a position that's not as valued right now in the NFL. Yeah, But uh, he is one of few game-changing talents in this draft, I feel. He could revolutionize an offense. Right. Will he? Will he be put in the right opportunity for that? So I think the right opportunity would be Detroit. I could see that. But, you know, I, I, I see a number of other teams that are in the top 10 that, you know, could be pretty game-changing for as well. Where What do the Bears even have right now at running back? I actually have to look. I don't think they got anything. Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert are their starters are running back right now. Yeah, I think the writing's I mean, Foreman, on the wall. I, th- I think them. Foreman would be a good number two. I agree. I totally agree. I and he's I don't shown think he'd be a good number one though. But capacity do the number one thing. But for a whole season, I I just don't think that's it. I yeah. don't think that's the guy. Yeah, I, I definitely so, like him as a number two guy for sure. They they tried trade down number number nine. I could see that. I could see, I could absolutely see that. They could even trade down again, though, I think, and maybe still get them. So I think it's that part's going to be pretty interesting. Speaking of trading down, if I'm the Cardinals, if I'm a new GM and a new coach and I really want to build this team in my own image and, and I want to, you know, really give myself the best chance to succeed here, I'm trading down a number three pick as well. I think there are a number of teams that have a chance of trading up for it, teams within striking distance uh, that could use a quarterback. Tennessee Titans, maybe that other Houston Texans pick if they wanted supreme talent at number two. Like, it, it, could you imagine having the number two and the number three pick in the draft? Yeah. So, you're going to get the bet. 
if you feel your best quarterback is still available after the number one pick goes, which it doesn't sound like the Panthers are locked in on who they have as number one. So it sounds like there's a little turmoil inside their war room already. And the war room's not even open yet. And the Texans, if they have their number one guy ranked already and he falls to them and then they planned on him being gone and going with somebody else. If you can get both of your guys, why not? Why not? Yeah. That's the way to open up the D'Amico Ryan's arrow with a bang. So I think they we're just trade for Lamar and then, and then they have the second <laughs> and the third pick and they just rebuild their whole defense as well. That'd be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a number of things that could happen. I I'm excited for the draft, but Let's take a deeper look into these teams outside of just who we plan on them picking. Uh, So let's start off with the Panthers. Uh, So the Panthers this year uh, in the offseason, they've made a lot of changes. Uh, So obviously traded away DJ Moore in order to move up to that number one spot. But they also added some talent. They added Andy Dalton, who as of right now would be the starter. They added Miles Sanders. Uh, They added Hayden Hurst. Uh, we've got Von Bell, Shy Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, Justin McCray, uh, and then a pair of wide receivers, since Moore is gone, they they added Adam Thielen and they added DJ Chark. These are two guys that have not been the number one option anywhere before, but one of them has to be now. Who do you think, just out of those two, who do you think becomes the default number one most productive receiver in Carolina next year, Thielen or Chark? I mean, I mean, obviously, I feel like the obvious pick is Thielen because of the the experience of him still being, you know, decent. Uh, I I would go with Chark just because of his deep ball threat. Um, you know, I, I I personally think DJ Chark his better his better seasons are still ahead. I just I don't know. It, for me, when it comes to Carolina, it's gonna fully depend on what their quarterback situation is going into the season. Like, for example, they tri- they draft either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and whatever happens in preseason, however they pan out, it- it's tough because they got a real – I don't want to say real talented either. I- it's just I don't really know how to feel about them. Like, they- they- they've made – I feel like they've made the right moves, um, and it's it's all going to depend on who they pick. Uh, but it's it's tough when-, when you have the first pick in the draft – you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, you can kind of flip a coin, heads or tails, whichever one you're going to get is whichever one you're going to get. But I don't know. I, I think they're going to be mid, and that's that. The Carolina yeah. mid-Panthers again. <laughs> and that's exactly what the take I was going to provide here. Uh, so I think they are doomed to mediocrity. Yeah. But here's the thing. Mediocrity is all you need to win the NFC South. That's the saving grace is if when you're competing in that division, you have a chance of going nine and eight and taking the whole thing year in, year out. So we'll see. And maybe somebody can take a leap. But as of right now, that would do the trick. You saw how awful the division was last year. And now the division loses Tom Brady and is replaced with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Given... Uh-huh. You add Derek Carr into the mix, but not that Derek Carr is has really won a whole lot either. So we'll see about the overall division, but I think this the group that they brought in 
Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. One of them is your number one guy. Chark has gone over a thousand yards once in his whole career. And it was his second year in the league. He's barely topped 500 cents. So I, he, he did twice, but still it's, he is your number one guy. I like Chark. I, he can't be your number one guy. Thielen at this age can't be your number That's one what guy. I, yeah. It's both answers are wrong. <laughs> right. So is the answer Terrace Marshall? Probably not, but, I don't know. Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe, maybe. (laughs) Uh, But I I think he might be the gift that they give Lamar in Baltimore, but we'll circle back to that another time. So I think the Panthers, again, doomed mediocrity. I'm guessing if the quarterback thing pans out well, if the rookie quarterback plays very well, they're looking at nine and eight tops. I think that's the ceiling, but again, it could get the job done. So on over to the Texans. We talked about it a little bit. They have two picks in the draft. They're picking at both number two and number 12. Uh, so definitely going to have a little influx of talent coming in. Uh, but what they've done so far in the offseason, aside from making our favorite uh, head coaching hire, they also added Sheldon Rankings. Sheldon Rankins, rather, Jimmy Ward, Robert Woods, Mike Boone, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary, Denzel Perryman, Case. Oop, there's Case Keenum. There's the actual landing spot for him. Andrew Beck, Chase Vinovich, Hassan Ridgeway, Shaq Mason, and Steven Sims. Long list of names. Headline with Sheldon Rankins, who got good money, is playing in a D'Amico Ryan's defense, which we really like. Jimmy Ward's a good safety. Robert Woods, a uh, there is some talent here that they added. They only lost uh, a few names. Uh, Bania Okoronkwo, Traymond Smith, Jordan Akins, Kyle Allen, Philip Dorsett, Justin McCray, and Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is a big one, but I think they got plenty to offset it. Uh, Robert Woods is not a full replacement, but it's not the worst. Really stacked up the defense, and getting Schultz and Singletary obviously bolsters the offense as well. Overall, what what's the ceiling for the Texans next year? You know, it's it's going to. I mean, clearly, it's going to depend on who they draft at number two and number twelve. But I I love it. I mean, their ceiling. I I don't know. I don't know if we can sit here and say you know we see the Texans winning right away immediately. But you never know. Like I said, there's just something about this fresh new start that they've been given that I'm really digging. Um, me. As a homer, I would love to see Lamar Jackson go there. I'm really loving that. Uh, but most likely that doesn't happen. So, you know, they're going to get the second choice out of uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But we see it a lot where that, where that second choice ends up being the better choice. Um, so the pressure is going to be fully on Carolina. Uh, we'll see what Houston does. But I like what they have. I mean, I, I love all the signings. I love the coaching hirings. I love that they're going to go in with a fresh, nothing-to-lose attitude. Um, and they're just going to be building. Um, I personally like C.J. Stroud for them. He's a little bit more of a project, in my opinion, than Bryce Young. Um, but I think he can, del- I can I think he can eventually deliver for Houston. You know their defense is going to be taken care of. So through the draft, I would like them to start building this offense. You know, two and twelve, I think should both uh, go towards a skill player, um, and let's see what happens. Yeah, I I could absolutely see that. I think it would be a little bit of a shame 
for to see this go to see either of those picks go toward the defensive side. But I feel like D'Amico Ryans is a guy that could identify an absolute stud. So right. I trust it if it happens, but I also think he can make something out of nothing. And I think he's going to be able to, to scheme his way into defensive success. So I don't think he needs to spend it on supreme talent on the defense. Whereas if he adds the quarterback, obviously with the number two pick, but then a crazy good receiver, for example, mm-hmm. with the 12, then I think we could be, really onto something pretty quickly. And again, in this division, it's you against the Jaguars, no matter who you are, it's you against the Jaguars right now. So they, I don't know. The the Colts are going to be following it up with a quarterback pretty soon behind them. So they have to be careful. They have to make sure they get the right guy, but we'll see. I I'm excited to see what, where the Texans go with that. To me, the ceiling is also probably eight, nine, nine, and eight. It's not going to do it in that division, but I think they get there this year and continue to build. I think they've got plenty of momentum to build upon here, and they'll they'll be good within the next few years. But they're not there yet, and that's fine. Absolutely. So on to the Cardinals. <laughs> this is going to be kind of a quick one because uh, this is an absolute total question mark because, as we've mentioned probably six times now, dumpster fire. Uh, it's a, it's a dumpster fire right now. Um, so one other key note that we absolutely need to make mention of, they're in hot water uh, because owner Michael Bidwill forced the previous regime to contact Steve Kime, the GM, who was suspended for a a ridiculous DUI. So they're going to lose picks. Don't know if it's this year. I don't believe it'll be this year. It's too soon. And I think it would be really extra messed up to dock the third overall pick. But if the Dolphins lose their pick for talking to Tom Brady, then I feel like in-season essentially tampering where it actually could have helped them, although it clearly didn't look like it helped very much. They still in at number three overall pick while talking to the GM when they weren't supposed to, they actually did what they sought out to do. The dolphins didn't even land Tom Brady. So if they lose the first round pick for that, I can't imagine the Cardinals don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case. This is unprecedented, but I, I know they're going to get docked. The GM has to get this pick right. The new GM has to get this pick right because we don't know when the next time he's going to have first round pick is, let alone when you're going to get one at number three overall. What's tough is if you know you're not going to have a a pick next year in the first round, you know you're not going to be able to secure a young quarterback of the future next year. So do you maybe possibly go quarterback this year while you have Kyler Murray on the bench? We don't know. We just don't know. And Kyler Murray's injury adds an extra level of complexity to this. So let's dive into what's happened so far besides that nonsense. They've added Kaiser White, Jolt Froholt. Probably not pronouncing that one right. He's probably not listening either. D-tackle Kevin Strong, Zach Pascal, and Dennis Daly. Uh, they've re-signed kicker Matt Prater. That's probably the big one for their offseason, re-signing their kicker. Uh, they've lost quite a bit. So they've lost J.J. Watt, 
Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, Marcus Golden, uh, whether you want to call him Chosen Anderson or Robbie Anderson, he's gone too. Tristan Hill, Rodney Hudson, and Cody Ford, all gone. So a lot of holes to fill. Not going to be able to really fill the hole that's J.J. Watt size, but they're going to try. I don't know, man. What do you what do you got to say about the Cardinals? Um, you know, they're the biggest news of the off season, or the most positive news of the off season, is clearly that they're getting new uniforms for whatever that is. I mean, it's just, I think it adds on to the shittiness of the team because I actually love their white uniforms. I think their white uniforms are very clean. Um, I, it's sad. It's actually really sad to witness because, you know, when Kyler Murray was playing, you know, some decent football, the Cardinals were fun to watch. Uh, You know, then they, then they got Hopkins and now it sucks all around for them, you know, because they, they're not going to get anything from this Hopkins shit. They're most likely going to cut him. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, he's just he's going to be hurt most of the year, if not the whole year. I still stand by. I don't think we're going to see Kyler Murray in a Arizona Cardinals uniform again. Um, I mean, he'll be on the sidelines in a hoodie if that you know if that counts. But uh, and then you know you got the cheating allegations now, the discrimination as well. Um, on top of that, you know, just it's it's a whole it, it's a it's a whole nightmare in Arizona. I don't. I, I'm on the side of trading that third pick if you're not going to get anything sensational, which I don't think they will. I mean, maybe Will Anderson. I'm, a, I'm huge on Will Anderson. Uh, maybe that's the way that they go if they do tra- uh, draft. I still think they, they should trade for a whole bunch of fu- future assets. I mean, turn that one pick into yeah. maybe two firsts, a whole bunch of seconds and thirds, and just walk away from this because yeah. you're not – you're not going to change the whole franchise with that third pick because the only people that I believe have the actual potential to change around a whole uh, franchise would be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud unless we get a surprise in Will Levis or Richardson. I don't think there's just anybody that makes sense for the Cardinals for number three. They're probably going to keep it and draft somebody and just say fuck it, which they always do. They never make the right move. But I'm just that... I. I can't. I, it's sad to yeah. see because the Arizona Cardinals, you know, they're a team that they've always put together cool teams that you like to watch, and now it's just an absolute disaster that's not fun to watch at all, at all. Yeah, yeah, that is a, a dumpster fire if I've ever seen one. They're crumbling. It's getting worse you, every time. It can only go up from here. It still finds a way to it's go still, down. Still. So. Borderline impressive at this point, but uh, it, it's not fun to watch. We'll keep watching all the same, though. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not not good stuff. So, on to the Colts. Uh, the Colts haven't done them that much this offseason so far. Obviously, they signed a new head coach, uh, but outside of getting Shane Steichen, they've only added Samson Ibukam. Gardner Minshew, Matt Gay, Taven Bryan, and Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie bolsters that wide receiver room a bit. Gardner Minshew, currently the best quarterback they have. Uh, but they've lost Matt Ryan, Bobby Okariki, Paris Campbell, Stephon Gilmore, which is a big hit, Brandon Fakasan. They've re-signed Taekwon Lewis, EJ Speed, and Ashton Doolin, so nothing major there. But they do stand with that number four pick overall. 
they have a chance at one of that next tier down quarterbacks. They have a chance at either Well Levis or Anthony Richardson. Do they use it there? Do they trust Gardner Minshew? I'm all for it if they trust Gardner Minshew. You know that's got my vote. Probably not the right move, but it's the one I want them to take. Uh, so uh, where do you think the Colts go with this number four pick overall? Um, I mean, for the Colts, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Because um, they're, they're another team that, you know, it's not the worst team that you would put around a quarterback, but it's also not even close to the best team that you would be putting around either Will Levis or Richardson if you do go uh, quarterback. In my opinion, I think they'll go Will Levis. Do I think that's the right move for them? No. I think they should get Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson is perfect for the Colts. You put you put a nasty rookie in there on their on their defensive line. Let him eat. You know, figure it, figure out quarterback next year because this is also the team that trusted Jeff Saturday um, to lead them into greatness with Matt Ryan. You gotta rebuild this team eventually, and I don't think they should go quarterback this year. They should wait, see how the quarterbacks look next year, see how free agency looks, see how the trade market looks. Something I just don't think. Um, Will Levis or Richardson would be the answer for Indianapolis. They could be the answer for other teams. I just don't think Indi- Indianapolis is it. And that's all I got to yeah. say. I, I, just, I think they got to just pack their bags and look to, <laughs> just like the Cardinals, just look to next year. And just, it's okay. We accept your shittiness. Just don't try. Please don't try and embarrass yourselves. <laughs> so for me, it's tough because they have one of my favorite players in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor running backs in this league don't stay great for incredibly long anymore is what it is. We have to accept that you put a lot of tread on those tires and all of a sudden they're going to go downhill pretty fast. It happened with Zeke. It's kind of happened reverse order with Saquon a little bit, but and it's happening currently with Derek Henry. In that limited window, you have to figure something out or allow them to move on. and But you're not going to get much return on value either. So I do think they have to draft a quarterback, and they have to draft the guy that they think is going to be able to win probably sooner rather than later. However, I think what you're on to here is if they do – they have some talent here. Let, let's get that straight. Michael Pittman's a monster, and John Taylor's very good. They have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. They can keep a quarterback upright, and they can absolutely grade a defensive line for when they're run blocking. Quentin Nelson is a man amongst men. It's fun to watch that matchup, whoever he's up against. That is one of the best trench play matchups. No matter what game you want to flip over from, you're going to see higher grade work from Quentin Nelson compared to anything else you'd be watching. So I think that offense can do damage with the right quarterback. I'd say, let's see what Minshew can do for this year with Richardson behind him. I keep plugging Richardson here in a bunch of different places, but still, I think this is as good of a fit. He would be forced to start in all likelihood in year two. You're going to have to see what you got in year two, because I feel that Shane Steichen, if he drafts Will Levis, and Will Levis doesn't and starts in year one and doesn't do well, Shane Steichen might lose his job after year one. However, if he drafts Anthony Richardson, 
doesn't start in year one, then you got Gardner Minshew. You've got free reign. You can finish one and 16 and you aren't going anywhere. Whereas year two is going to be more telling and you get a little bit more time to learn your team and everything. I think it's a better fit for the continuity piece. They're going to continue to suck. That's the part that's continuous at first, but then I think they get a little continuity next year and have a chance to be decent. So that's why I like Richardson there, but I don't know. I, I'm curious what that staff is going to look like and whether the defense is going to be any kind of decent at all. The Jeff Saturday experiment didn't work out great. They're trying a different guy that hasn't coached, been a head coach before, at least some coordinator experience. But I think it, I don't think it's going to look great for Indy. And on to the next team. Let's talk some Seattle Seahawks. So the Seahawks so far this offseason, they did re-sign Geno Smith. That's the most important move because that tells you what the team's going to be all about in this upcoming season. Uh, so beyond that, they've added Bobby Wagner back, who spent some time elsewhere but is back home in Seattle. Do you tackle Draymond Jones, Jerron Reed, Julian Love, Evan Brown, and Devin Bush? Uh, they also re-signed Drew Locke for some reason. Uh, <laughs> not sure why, but that's fine. And they did lose a significant amount of talent. They lost Rashad Penny, who I think is very important to that team. D-tackle Shelby Harris, linebacker Cody Barton, Quentin Jefferson, Gabe Jackson, another running back in Travis Homer. Lost Marquise Goodwin, Kyle Fuller, and Al Woods. Most of their skill players, they kept. Most of the big names, they've kept. And headlining, of course, is Geno Smith. You had plenty to say about what you liked about Geno Smith running it back. Walk me through officially your outlook for this year's Seattle Seahawks. I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, it's really going to depend on if Geno Smith is good again. Um, you know, realistically, when it comes to draft, like I said, you know, either, you know, Will Anderson, who, again, I'm just really high on, um, and by John Robinson, I think would be a if they if they want to just bolster this offense and not care about the defense, I think that's a perfect pick for them. But in regards to their whole team, I mean, it's like you said. I mean, it's just they lost they lost pieces. Again, they're the Seattle Seahawks, where their team isn't overly good on paper. But if Geno Smith repeats what he did, even like if he's eighty percent of what he was, and then Metcalf takes a step up and Lockett is still good, I think they still got a chance. Um, I like I like Walker. I like I like you know if they get Bajan Robinson, that would be a crazy duo to watch. Um, their defense is just it's not the same defense that that it once was. Needs a lot of work, um, which I think they'll be working on throughout this draft. Um, they got decent draft capital, uh, but no, are, are, do I have them winning anything this year? No, um, maybe they squeak in again, um, but I just I just like the I just like them keeping Geno Smith, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great story it, it really is a fantastic story i i'm happy for gino but yeah i think their success is kind of capped with gino smith maybe they take a shot at richardson if he's there maybe not i really think there's a distinct chance that if the cardinals do brighten up and actually trade down then good chance that all four quarterbacks are gone through the first four picks. So right. I'm not shocked if that happens. 
Uh, so maybe they don't even have a chance at him. But then they have literally pick of the litter for any other position in the draft outside a quarterback. They will get the, their number one guy on the board that's not a quarterback if that yeah. does happen. That would be great for the Seahawks. And then they do get back up again with their own pick at number 20. So they're also loaded. They're good at drafting. They're good at drafting. They are. They are. So that's one thing they are good at. So we'll, we'll see what the Seahawks do. I think they, if they really nail both of those picks, they might get a guy on both sides of the ball that are immediate starters because first rounders can be that. And if they're impactful, then, Hey, they've got a chance in that NFC at a wild card spot. And once you're in the dance, you never know what happens. So I think they have a high ceiling, but it's going to take some luck for that to really come to fruition. Um, I, I just don't think it's very likely with Gino, but I'm all for it. Uh, I'm here for it. If it does happen. So not much I'll say about the Seahawks because not a whole lot changed. Uh, So on to our last team to talk about today. Our team, Detroit Lions. <laughs> so America's team. <laughs> th- this they're making a case. If America had a coach, it's Dan Campbell. So right. hey, uh, I I will sign that petition for Detroit Lions to become America's team. So Lions a lot more active. First to cover the losses, we lost Jamal Williams, which was really kind of the soul of that team. So I'm upset about that one. They lost to Sean Elliott. I'm less upset about that because he ended up on the Dolphins. They lost DJ Chark. I think a reasonable size hit, but they're kind of replacing with Jameson Williams, who was on the team last year, didn't play most of the year, losing linebacker Chris Board and guard Evan Brown and cornerback Mike Hughes. So really three main players that they lost, but additions, they have David Montgomery, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, Graham Glasgow, and Jalen Reeves Maven. Few big names here. So particularly the Montgomery edition and CJ Gardner Johnson. I think CJ is probably the bigger of, of the two, but really those are the big ones. Additionally, they re-signed Alex Anzalone, which is huge. John Kaminsky, Craig Reynolds, Isaiah Bugs, Matt Nelson, Nate Sudfeld. So I think this is a solid but not spectacular offseason for the Lions. There's not much I really would have wished they did elsewhere, but they're sitting with that number six pick. They're in good shape. They made a real push to get into the playoffs last year. Barely missed after a an abysmal start to the season. Stellar ending, essentially. Uh, especially the very end where they knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. Right. And right. you can't be ending uh, unless you're able to get in on your own. So they were right there and they are committed to Jared Goff by the sound of it. I don't feel the need for them to draft a quarterback, which is wild to think about. Never thought I would say that when they trade Stafford away and got This was Jared supposed to be Goff. the year that they were going to get their quarterback through the yep. draft. <laughs> yep. And it's through the Rams pick too. But um, yeah, so they're picking at number six and number 18 since they did just miss the playoffs, uh, they were the the very last pick out of non-playoff teams, but they get the Rams pick as well. Since the Rams sucked last year, uh, they get number six pick overall. They're primed to add some more young talent. The defense was really coming into itself. 
Lions could be a good team next year, man. Not just like a kind of good team. They could be really good. Yeah. I think this banks on DeAndre Swift getting healthy, staying healthy. Uh, because I don't think David Montgomery is a full-blown answer, but I think he's going to play a big role in keeping DeAndre Swift healthy. If you got DeAndre Swift in more of a third-down back role, he can make some big, big plays. And also think about the offensive line that they're going to have as well. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. A continu- continuity at that unit is huge. So they're keeping their offensive line intact. And frankly, maybe they can add a little bit more too. So yeah. I, I really like what they already had. But if there are any gaps, I'm not an absolute offensive line expert, so I can't tell you if they had true gaps on that offensive line. But if they did, they've got two chances to fill it. So I like where they're at. I like where the potential is with those two first-round picks. I'm excited to see what Jameson Williams can do. Uh, So the Chark loss is less upsetting when you fill that in. St. Brown looked like a certified all-star last year and he will be moving forward. So this Lions team, I expect in the playoffs. I don't think his playoffs are bust, but I think they really have to make the playoffs. They need to continue to progress. Otherwise everything Dan Campbell is selling is going to be a little harder for his players to buy. So I don't want to put pressure on them, but I think they have to make playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, and I think if they do make the playoffs and they do finish really well, I think we could be looking at Jared Goff's, you know, final chapter to his revenge comeback tour because, like I said, shout out to Jared Goff, man. This story is incredible. You know, after being, like, casted off in Los Angeles or St. Louis, um, you know, coming here to in, for the Detroit fucking Lions of all teams and just lighting it up. Uh, putting them in a place in our hearts. I mean, their offense was, you know, for most of the season, they were the best offense in the league, still remained, you know, a top offense throughout. You know, their defense figured it out as the season went along. You know, they've retained most of their coaching staff. They've retained that great offensive line. They still have Jared Goff. You know, St. Brown and J-Mo being one and two next to Jared Goff, and most likely they're probably going to draft a wide receiver to go along with that, you know, in later rounds. I love what I see. They got two first-round picks that they can either bolster that offensive line to make even more beefier, um, or they can improve that defense that does, you know, we, we can all agree that the Lions could have a better uh, defense for sure. But they have all the draft picks that are, that are going to fill the rest of the holes of this team. You know, Jared Goff is a bad motherfucker when he's actually, you know, playing like he should and I'm excited for Detroit I I not only think that they're going to make the playoffs I think they're going to contend for for an NFC championship spot I absolutely think they can Jared Goff he's been he's been in these playoffs before he's made it deep before he has that experience that's what also you know some people are forgetting is that you know he did get the Rams to the Super Bowl I mean maybe he wasn't the sole reason why they got to the Super Bowl but he was the starting quarterback for a team that was in the Super Bowl. So he's been there, done that, and he's going to have a chance to redeem himself in that aspect again as well. So if he's as good as redeeming himself in the playoffs as he was as just redeeming himself overall, I think the Lions are going to have a beautiful season. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I 
it's going to be exciting, man. Shout out to Jared Goff. Shout uh, out to Jared Goff. And that is a perfect so, way to end this episode. <laughs> it is. That does wrap us up here. So, uh, as we said, we journeyed around. Uh, we took care of the top of the draft order as we took care of the teams that took off in the divisional round. We'll continue next week. We're going to take a look at essentially rounding out the top 10 of the draft as well as rounding out the teams that got eliminated in the wild card round. Uh, so we'll continue giving you all the, the hottest takes from around the league. Uh, we will be back at it in a couple of weeks here. We'll con- we'll make sure we finish this journey up before the draft, maybe get in a little bit more information about the draft as it gets closer, as we get a little bit more yes, clarity sir. as to where people might be going. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Like share, follow, do your thing. Tom, bring us home. Sell your souls. Don't forget to sell your souls. Shout out to Belgium. Um, We, we got some, we got some really good uh, episodes planned for the future, especially, um, you know, after the draft where we're going to get a little bit more laid back. Um, We're probably going to turn back the clock, talk about, you know, some amazing moments, some amazing seasons. We're going to evaluate a whole bunch, but until then, like Bill said, like, subscribe, follow, share, do everything that it is. You guys are amazing. Thank you for watching. Have a good day or night, depending on what you watch.